0: Hi, my name is Sam Ogami and I'm a Gromit contributor. Welcome to the Great
1: Gromit Podcast.
2: All right. Hey, everybody. Uh, I'm the lone gunman today in the intro here. We got a touch of food poisoning with my co-host Eric, so I had to, I had I could not not say it. He's he's out of commission for a couple of days, um, so that's why I'm i holding it up on my own here. But welcome to the fourth episode of the Great Gromit Podcast. It is I, Chris Carlosi, again back again at it. And today, um, I'm going to be very brief, actually, um, hopefully briefer than this intro. Um, so uh, I'm going to give a quick rundown and then hand it over to Alan in a sec. But a couple of things I wanted to touch on uh, before we get into it are some of the things that are happening in the grommet community. Today we've got um, some really cool things going on in the Gromit Slack channels. Uh, Alan's been posting up a storm uh, uh, with uh, some various code pens, helping people get started with Gromit and what components to use and how to use them, setting them straight essentially. I'm just kidding. Uh, You know, essentially just giving them some tips and tricks, and it's really cool. If you're not really a talkative person in Slack, but you're kind of a lurker like most of us are, it's just cool to poke around, click on those examples, and look at what's been done. They're just really nice little uh, little details on on how people are, are using Gromit with their apps and and for what they need to kind of uh, dance around with the different components. Um, the other thing we have got uh, coming up, or, or that did happen, was Alan's talk at the SeaSun um, down in San uh, um, well, San Diego. I almost at San Jose. Geez, too too north. Um, he, he wrapped up a super successful conference. The slides are online. He posted the project on GitHub, which is a, it's essentially it's his slides on GitHub as well, but it's also a great tutorial on how to make a slide set in Gromit. Super accessible, super functional, super awesome looking, um, worth checking out. Um, you know, as we call Alan, Mr. Big Deal as usual. Mr. Big Deal is now making his biggest venture out on the talking circuit. He's going to JSConf. Um, so, JavaScript conference in Uruguay. Um, <clears throat> what can I say? Uh, he's he's moved up here in the world of uh, doing presentations at conference. He's on a single track two day conference um, on the April fifteenth and sixteenth. He'll be speaking on behalf of Gromit and accessibility, and uh, that event's going to be live streamed and recorded. So. If you don't get enough of Alan and Slack or you don't get to hear about him enough on the podcast, you're going to get to see his ugly mug on the live recording from the JSConf. And if you're lucky enough to be down there, I mean, you know, who knows? Maybe there'll be a ticket or two floating around to get you in there. Um, but, yeah, so keep keeping a heads up on that. Um, so past that, today we've got a really special treat. Um, for our listeners, we've got uh, an expert in accessibility. Uh, Jennison Ascension is here. Um, and J- Jennison runs a meetup for accessibility in the Bay Area and, um, and is in general kind of an expert in the field of accessibility. and we're lucky enough to have him here for a few minutes of his time to tell us what's he up, what he, what he's up to and what's going on with the state of accessibility. And uh, that's where I'm gonna leave it. And Alan, oh, yeah, <laughs> Alan's gonna Quite take good the control here. Dude. That yeah. was not bad. Not bad. Not right, bad. Right. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm, I'm getting better. <laughs> I'm not stuttering <laughs> as much. No. <laughs> all right. I'm gonna hand it over to Ascension. I mean, I'm <laughs> now you got me messing <laughs> up. See, this
0: is the ba- yeah. I'm gonna
2: hand it over to Jennison.
0: Okay. Cool. Thanks, man. And that was really fun being there in San Diego. Um, I had the opportunity to drink a lot with Jennison, then present something (laughs) about Gromit that was really fun. San Diego is awesome. The hotel was perfect. And I think next year is going to be there again. So maybe um, we can start the conversation a little bit around the San Diego adventure with Jennison. But before we go there, uh, tell uh, who are you and what do you do?
1: Sure. Hey, Um, I'm Jennison, and I am Canadian. so that makes me amongst 350,000 other Canadians who have invaded the Bay Area. <laughs> uh, I live and work out here in the Valley, and I uh, lead our accessibility efforts over at LinkedIn.
0: Awesome. Yeah, so tell me more about CSUN. How did you like it? Well, CSUN um, was
1: great. This, uh, uh, so for the listeners uh, who might not appreciate this, I'm a lot older than I might sound. And look, <laughs> this but this is my 11th. This was my 12th CSUN uh, oh. attendance. <laughs> And so it was just great being there, uh, feeling the energy of the crowd. A lot of uh, new folks like you, Alan, uh, just uh, really passionate about accessibility and passionate about cocktails (laughs) and beer. (laughs) Um, So that's always a good combination.
0: Yeah, cool. So um, as a user with disability, like uh, people might not know this, but you're a blind user. Shocking. Right? (laughs) Uh, What are the main issues with navigating the web?
1: Sure. I mean, where do I begin? I think, so my biggest pet peeve is landing on a website and there's a video that starts playing immediately. So I use a a software that reads what's on the screen. And if there's like a video, it's typically a commercial that pops up. It totally throws me off because I'm trying to listen to what the screen reader is trying to tell me. And I'm hearing all this other stuff like the video. And then I'm trying to race to find a pause or a stop button which is typically not easy to find. Uh, So that's probably my biggest pet peeve. Uh, Okay. So what else? Oh, um, images of text. So I like to go to restaurants a lot, and I like to check out restaurant websites. And uh, many, not all, but many restaurants post up their menu as an image. And so when I come upon it with my screen reader, it says graphic, if anything. Yeah. Uh, And I just know that it's there, but I can't tell what's there. So they've just lost some of my drinking tab right there. I'm not going to go to that restaurant. Yeah. Um, let's see. Two more things I'll mention are uh, modal windows that aren't coded to be accessible. So, uh, you know, I'm busy doing something, some sort of transaction and an error message or some other action pops up that's in a modal and I have to actually hunt. So, I've been using computers for a long time. So, I always know to look at the bottom of the screen because it's been put at the bottom of the mm-hmm. code. or Look just all over the place for these uh, modal windows that are are not properly set up. Yeah, and the last thing I'll call uh, out is just stuff that's not keyboard operable. So you've got all these fancy widgets that you need to do a mouse over on, and it will pop up a pop up a menu of some kind, uh, or some other transactional activity. But if you approach it with the keyboard, nothing happens. So the the, the keyboard. Um, equivalents have not been put in place and I can uh, I'm not going to out any major (laughs) airlines or hotel (laughs) chains uh, but some of them make it a little difficult for me to book these things when they you know I have to do acrobatics with my fingers in order to get a widget that you as someone who can see can just mouse over uh, to, uh, to activate
0: yeah so talking Ooh. about all images, right? Uh, oh, by the way, we are outside in we the are. awesome HP. I'm campus. being distracted by some yeah. nice sounding
1: ladies. Yeah,
0: ah, good <laughs> job, man. <laughs> so it's sunny outside. We heard some airplanes and trucks, so that's cool. Um, so going back to the all images, alt alt images, right? Uh, Twitter just released today um, a new feature, right? They can you did. talk more about this? Well, all uh, I can
1: say is when I. I used it on my f- particular device. Someone someone tweeted me with an, uh, a tag. A, a I tag. saw that. It, it, it didn't work. So okay. I think <laughs> it, we'll, 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 we'll blame it on me because I've got friends at Twitter who are doing amazing stuff in accessibility. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it didn't work on my iPhone. But um, th- that's really neat. Uh, the fact that now people can put um, alternative text on an image so someone like myself can know what's going on
0: yeah keep an eye every every time i tweet or every time grandma is tweeting something we will make sure that it has a proper description they'll get it working anytime soon so it's working i think
1: it's working for other people just me i I have an old phone i probably haven't updated to the latest whatever so cool
0: so tell us more about your background on digital accessibility
1: Oh, you got it right. Alan's yeah. been busy practicing <laughs> saying digital. Um, so I've actually I've been working in accessibility for about jeez uh, uh, since two thousand and six, we'll say. Um, so I'm uh, as I said I came from Canada. I was on the accessibility team for the Royal Bank of Canada. Props to uh, Toronto and all that. But uh, yeah, so I did that, and then I got the proverbial call. Uh, and an invitation to come work uh, here in the valley, which I never ever expected to happen. But uh, yeah, so I was on an accessibility team and uh, always working with designers and developers, uh, giving them advice uh, and consulting with them on how to make what they're building uh, more accessible.
0: Yeah, for those of you who doesn't know the background of Jensen, come to the US, he's the Justin Bieber of accessibility right (laughs) he came on a special visa which is only for influential people you gotta prove that you are influential and he has received multiple awards from queen elizabeth and everyone in canada he's pretty respected back there with his accessibility to work
1: i I think (laughs) alan's drunk he must be talking about someone else
0: yeah (laughs) he doesn't like to expose that much but (laughs) i don't care (laughs) he's my friend anyways
1: God save the Queen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, what advice do you give for those interested in getting into the field of digital access accessibility?
1: Right, that's a question I'm getting. What's really exciting, having been working in the field as, as long as I have, what's been great is I'm hearing a lot more from people in the last couple of years who are interested in moving into accessibility full time. And what I always mention is so long as you have the technical chops, so if you uh, have your HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, and you have the empathy, so you actually care th- about providing equal access to folks with disabilities, accessibility itself, the concepts and the coding best practices can be can be learned. Uh, so there's always tons of jobs, which I tweet using A11Y jobs, mm-hmm. um, but we're, there's so many job openings here, particularly in the Valley, for people uh, uh, who have... Uh, for accessibility roles engineers testers etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, so that's really exciting so the advice I, I give is um, you know start start checking websites out yourself and experiencing it like use the keyboard alone to try and, and use your favorite website um, start reading up on blogs and and that kind of thing and, and books and just start like understanding what some of the key issues are and uh, don't be afraid to ask questions
0: yeah. It's true. I've been attending um Jennison's meetup pretty frequently and every time he starts with like this job offerings, there are tons of people with uh job offers for digital accessibility. In multiple roles as he said, like, uh, uh developers, testers, uh, Product pr- Managers. Product managers, yeah. Okay.
1: Well, you don't want to talk too many jobs because I, I I'm afraid someone might try to take mine. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, how have you gone about educating others in making sure accessible websites and content in general is important?
1: So I I like to have fun. Uh, I think accessibility sometimes. I mean, people, people. Some people I get a little bit. Um, they, they walk around eggshells a little bit when it comes to disability, and people don't want to say the wrong thing and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So I like to try and make it fun. Um, so mm-hmm. we. For the last five years, we've been doing something called Global Accessibility Awareness Day, which is on the uh, – there's our plane to Hawaii, Alan. Yes. <laughs> yeah, man. It's It's on the third Thursday of May. Uh, so it's going to be on May 19th. And please check out globalaccessibilityawarenessday.org. Uh, but essentially, there was a developer from uh, Los Angeles who wrote a blog post in 2011 – Uh, talking about the need for developers to become more, uh, aware of accessibility. And he had nothing, he had no, he had nothing, he didn't know anything about accessibility. I didn't even know the guy, um, Mm -hmm. until I read his blog post, uh, and this was, sorry, in 2011. And, uh, then we got in touch and... He and I then f- co-founded Global Accessibility Awareness Day. And Is that Louise? Uh, no, it's uh, no. Joe Devin. Okay. Um, so props to at Joe Devon on Twitter. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so we've been doing that now. It's our fifth anniversary this year. So if I got the year wrong, just subtract five from 2016. <laughs> <you get> it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we it, it started in, like, a small event. But last year we had events in... Um, in Bangladesh, in Argentina, all over the United States. You see, uh, South America. South, yeah, everywhere. Canada, all over the place. And the idea is for folks to just take some time out of their day, to, to either do an activity, so it's like using the keyboard alone or downloading a screen reader or attending a seminar or lecture on some aspect of digital accessibility. So there's going to be a lot of stuff happening there. Um, so that, that's one thing I do. Uh, I, we I, Alan, you mentioned the Meetup, Bay Area Accessibility and Inclusive Design. Mm-hmm. And that's for anyone involved in technology who might not necessarily work in accessibility full-time, but they might want to just Get their feet wet or start networking maybe they want to start looking for a, a change of career Yep. so we try to have that meet up uh once a month um uh, so i I'm a, i like to make accessibility accessible for <laughs> lack of a better term right yeah make it so that people are are comfortable asking questions they don't feel like they're gonna ask the silly question and and again it's all about just like sharing information and so, yeah, yeah, if you are in
0: the Bay Area, we will be sharing the uh, link to join yeah, the, the meetup uh, meet in the liner notes.
1: Absolutely. And the last thing I'll mention, since I'm being allowed to plug things here, yeah. is uh, for the last couple of years, uh, I've been running something called A- Accessibility Camp Bay Area. So we've run that out of LinkedIn and Mountain View for the last two years. And we'll be running it this year, uh, date to be announced. Uh, so stay tuned. but it will be at our new uh, brand spanking you LinkedIn offices in San Francisco. Awesome. So if you follow on Twitter at A11y Camp Bay, A11y standing for accessibility, A and Y there's 11 letters between it. so that isn't that cute. Yeah. A-L-M-Y <laughs> Bay. A-L-M-Y. But if yeah. you go there, yeah, you'll learn all about it. And there's a bunch of these camps. Uh, I'm assuming you might have an audience uh, in different cities. So we run these events uh, in Boston, in New York in Toronto. Um, and uh, Toronto. Th- and there's supposed to be one in the Twin Cities, Minneapolis, St. Paul, uh, maybe next year. But it's it's just a great opportunity to get people in. It's either free or very low cost. Uh and just it's not everyone can afford to come to CSUN like Alan. But uh <laughs> HP we was oh, yeah, paying for thank me. Thank
0: goodness, so right? Thanks my company to support my trip.
1: There you go. Do you wanna say that again?
0: Yeah, a shout out to my company Hewlett Packard, Enterprise, to send me over to Awesome San Diego. There you go. <laughs> so
1: so yeah, so um to just check it out. It, like there's tons of of, of of ways. So that's that's the way I contribute to the Understanding of accessibility is through basically these large events that end up with um, networking and and cocktails
0: (laughs) So going to the next question What are some of the tools you recommend to test websites to make sure they are accessible?
1: So the one tool I think that's going to surprise everyone the very first tool I'm going to mention is the keyboard so if you you if you go to your your grommet page And you start using the keyboard. So I'm talking about the tab key and the arrow keys when you get to the radio buttons and stuff. But if you cannot uh, navigate to and operate every uh, uh, focusable element using the keyboard alone, uh, then everything falls apart. Because that's like a a fundamental of of accessibility is is keyboard operability. And you also need to be able to see, and this is funny coming from a blind person, but you (laughs) need to see actually when you're tabbing (laughs) where your focus is because there are some in the design community and elsewhere that turn off uh, the focus outline. Yep. Um, and so if you do that, then people with low vision or other people who are keyboard-only users can't see it. And you're also wanting to check to make sure that you're not trapping keyboard focus, which is actually not as common anymore. Mm-hmm. And you also want to make sure that there's a logical tabbing order, left to right, top to bottom. So. Essentially, the keyboard uh, is is really important. So, uh, I want everyone on the podcast to go to your favorite website now and try and complete a transaction just using the keyboard alone, and follow all of those things I just mentioned and see uh, that.
0: Randy is doing that right now. Like he's having his like marketing website. Randy in the
1: background. <laughs> um, so, so some other stuff. So, color contrast. That's another. So, there. That one thing that people don't realize is a part of accessibility is making sure that web pages uh, have sufficient foreground and background color contrast. And there's a bunch of tools. If you Google, or excuse me, if you use your favorite search <laughs> engine and uh, look yeah. up color contrast analyzer, you're going to find a bunch of those. And essentially, you want to make sure there's a ratio, which I, I won't bore the audience with. But you'll be <laughs> able to find out whether your site can be read by people with low vision or with people who are colorblind. There's a lot of folks who are colorblind out there. And they can't read uh, pages because of the poor contrast. Mm -hmm. And I know that there's probably a lot of Chrome uh, developers uh, listening. So there is a nice, handy Chrome accessibility extension that you can download. And it becomes a tab in your developer tools. And you can run an audit. And one of the neat things you can do is also do a color contrast test with that. And it will actually not only show you that something has poor color contrast, but it will show you what it looks like uh, if you bump it up properly oh nice uh, so Th- that's, that's the really tool helpful.
0: created from alice right yeah yeah shout out yeah, to alice Boxell. yeah she's nice. uh yeah.
1: she's one of the rock stars uh there's three w- there are three ladies <laughs> and, and so so by it's saying this guy. by saying this i'm gonna get myself in trouble because i'm gonna forget like a fourth lady or something but there are three <laughs> women who are really rocking it right now in accessibility digital accessibility and that's uh, alice Boxell, marcy yeah marcy sutton and Jesse Beach uh, over yeah, at Facebook. Facebook, yeah. So those three, they keep us guys in line. Um, <laughs> but they're all doing some amazing work. And obviously, there are some other folks out there. But uh, um, So that's that. And then I will mention, so remember, I mentioned keyboard and the accessibility extension and color. And the last thing I'll mention, deliberately last, is using a screen reader. And mm-hmm. I kind of hesitate because I don't want any developer to just turn on the screen reader and just start, like, It's a a powerful tool and you really need to spend some time learning how to use it properly. I always fear that uh, people are using a screen reader and they might not be using it correctly and they'll report a false positive or they think that there's a problem and there's not. Um, And frankly, you really should talk to a, a real screen reader user to make sure that what they're hearing, you know, if you hear something, it might actually be... The correct thing.
0: Yeah, first is for us as regular users to be able to hear it. Last time, when I turned on for the very first time, was so fast that I couldn't even listen. So you want to slow it down. Yeah, and
1: and some screen readers are better than others uh, to test with. uh, But uh, certainly, in in a Mac, uh, you have VoiceOver uh, built in, and uh, there's a free screen reader for Windows called NVDA or Non-Visual Desktop Access and we'll include uh info about that in the show notes.
0: Yep, awesome. So, we know Gromit is a, a framework, a UX framework focused for enterprise apps. Yes. So, my question to you is why do you think it's important for access um for enterprise app to be accessible?
1: Absolutely. And and you know what? I I'll just uh, that's a very straightforward answer. Uh if and ent- if 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 Grommet is being used to create enterprise apps, uh, if, those app, if those apps are not accessible, then people like myself who have a disability are going to be impacted in our ability to do our job.
0: As a co-worker, right? I mean, if you were to work at... Yeah,
1: Any, yeah wh- whoever, yeah. If I was to work with you and someone handed me an app that was built in Gromit and the components weren't rendered to be accessible, I'd be dead in the water. I wouldn't be able to be a productive uh, worker. Yeah. So it's whether it's me or someone else with a disability, that's what it ultimately comes down to for enterprise apps. Those are b- bread and butter apps that people need to be productive and successful in their work. And if that's not accessible, then I, you know, then I'm I'm in trouble. Yeah.
0: Okay. Plain and simple. Yeah. <laughs> so for someone that is new to accessibility, what is your um uh, suggestion on resources to um build accessible products and websites.
1: So I'm I'm holding up for the radio audience, I'm holding up a braille card to Alan. Yeah. <laughs> Here, read them. I can't read that
0: dude. No? Come on. Okay. Actually Sam Ogami, which is also my dear friend, um, he got me into accessibility. Okay, enough about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about
1: <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, we I love know. we love Sam. Yeah we love we Sam. We love Sam. Yeah. But um th- so there's a bunch of resources and again Randy assures me these will all be in the show notes. Yep. Uh but there's a there's an organization called WebAim W E-B-A-I-M, if you go to webaim.org. There's a bunch of good uh, introductory stuff. I just tweeted today uh, something from the the folks who create the Web Content Accessibility Guidelines, which are the industry standard for web accessibility. They have something called, uh, so it's the Web Accessibility Initiative, has something called the Before and After Demo. So if you use your ferv- favorite search engine and, and and search for the Before and After Demo and the word access- Demonstration and the word Accessibility, that's an interactive uh, tutorial, which basically shows you like what happens if you don't uh, make something accessible, and then what happens when you make it accessible. Uh, in terms of uh, books, my buddy Hayden Pickering has written the most, uh, I, I, I'd say, unless I'm missing something, the most recent book on how to build modern web applications. It's called Apps for All, so a uh, word up to Hayden Pickering. Um, at Works is his Twitter handle. And he also has a website called Practical ARIA Examples. And again, you can find that using your favorite search engine.
0: Yeah, we're going to c- include all these links in yeah. the liner notes. Um, yeah.
1: What else? Oh, Marcy Sutton has an amazing site called Accessibility Wins. So everyone is always asking for like, oh, like, can I see a sample of something that's accessible? Mm Because there's so many examples of stuff that's not accessible. But let's actually celebrate some stuff that is. So Marcy Mm -hmm. has done an amazing job uh, of showcasing um, aspects of web pages and apps that are accessible. So she has that at a site called Accessibility Wins. Awesome. Yeah, and then just blogs. In terms of blogs, uh, so the WebEx blog blog is good. Uh, Anything coming out of uh, the... Paciello Group, all of those fine folks over there, and SSB BART Group. And my buddy Marco Zehi from Mozilla puts out a blog. And finally, uh, we can't forget the ladies, uh, Leonie Watson mm. and her uh, and her amazing blog uh, called Tink Tank. And uh, so she blogs a lot. And you can all, all these people I've mentioned all have Twitter handles, and they're all really approachable people. You can follow them and ask them questions, and you can find me on Twitter too.
0: Yep. Okay, last question for Finally. us. Yeah, come on. It's yes, like a police interview. Don't know. <laughs> uh, where do you see um, accessibility in five to 10 years?
1: <sighs> That's a good one. Um, I think we're entering an interesting time. I think uh, I'm going s- to, I'd say accessibility is going to become a lot more personalized in the next number of years where hopefully someone with a disability can use if they're using assistive technology like a screen reader or something else, can go to a website and it, and somehow it will be personalized for their needs. Uh, I think that that's where that's going. I mean, a lot of it's going to mobile, of course. We all know that. So there's a lot of stuff happening with with mobile apps and 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 whatever else is going to be coming down the pike when it comes to portable technologies. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's always a danger. If uh, I, I think if we don't get more developers and designers thinking about accessibility I think we do run the risk of creating uh, a much more uh, uh, much more you know how we used to have physical barriers I have a feeling if we don't all work together we're gonna have more digital barriers Um, and folks like myself it's gonna be a lot more difficult that's a good one I mean I I myself I mean I, I can't count the number of times where I've been on websites and I just I have to bail out of the site, or I have to get sighted assistance uh, um, to, to to complete a transactions, and, and and things are just moving so much more faster. Uh, development is happening so quickly these days. Uh, people are ch- are 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 pushing stuff out so quickly, and they're just people don't do it on purpose. I get it, but if you don't start deliberately thinking about your users with different disabilities or impairments, um, you know we're gonna be shut out. Whether you can you know, whether you didn't. Whether you didn't do it on purpose or not, that's just the reality. So everyone needs to start thinking about it. Yeah. Otherwise, the next five years could be a little bit scary.
0: Yeah. So thank you for joining. It was a pleasure to uh, interview you today. A big shout-out to Randy, who prepared these awesome questions. I'm just the one reading it. <laughs> so I'm going to hand that over back to... to to Chris he's gonna do the closing notes and uh, probably maybe he wants to ask something to you so I'll give my mic to you in case he wants to talk
2: no I'm honestly just a big thank you I mean this is awesome I mean I I know I've been to a couple accessibility conferences myself with Alan and Sam Um, I think it's super important that that everybody uh, like like Jenison touched on, thinks about it, I mean, and, and works on it. I mean, it's one of those things, it's, it's like I think at HP, It's when it comes to release time, it sometimes it falls off the end of the release, and it's a sad thing when that happens. I know I've been a super strong uh, proponent of it, so and I'm glad to see Gromit um, follow in that kind of vein and get a lot of support from HP and the developers and designers around Gromit. Um, you know, so from my standpoint, I'm, I'm super pumped to have people like Jenison here to, to kind of say like, Hey, I've kind of used it hopefully. And it's not terrible. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe there is a closing comment there that we need to fix some things, (laughs) but, um, but no, he's, he's quiet. He's smiling at me. I don't know. I'm going to end it quick before I get in trouble. Um, (laughs) But, um, no, thanks again, uh, Jenison. Um, thanks again, Alan, for uh, putting this together, and Randy, once again, our producer, who is amazing as usual making these things happen. Um, once again, uh, this is the Gromit Podcast, signing off on episode four. As usual, you can find us on Twitter, at Gromit UX. And then also you can get us on Slack by hitting our Slack channel by typing in Slack uh, Grommet dot io i got it right thank you yeah i got it right um and as always rate and look for us on itunes give us some give us some comments get us get us percolating up that list uh we love it when people comment and give us feedback on the podcast thanks again everybody we'll see you next time